welcome our speaker for this evening, Scott, who will share for us for 15 to 20 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. All right, my name is Scott, and I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, Scott. There's proof in that photo album if you need it. I'm having kind of a weird day. I'm in a great amount of physical pain, but I'm also feeling a lot of peace, too. It's kind of weird to have those two things co-occurring. Uh, I don't even know if that's possible, but it just that's how it feels. Just everything is all over the place physically, and then there's a big part of me that's just really calm, too, at the same time. Uh, so I view most things these days through the lens of steps one, two, and three. Um, I have found that most things in life can conveniently be seen through the lens of steps one, two, and three, including what I was like, what happened, and what I am like now. Um, as I see it, step one is the problem, or me, or my lower power. Step two is the solution, something outside of me or my higher power. And step three is, you know, doing the solution or living the solution, which are these actions that I must take in order to get to the other side of a problem. Uh, for example, if my problem is I don't have a job, right, step one, I don't have a job, then the solution would be to get a job. Uh, and then step three, living the solution, doing the solution would be Putting, you know, updating my resume and putting out applications and, you know, going online, like doing the solution and hopefully getting a job, just at, at minimum taking the actions I need to take and then I turn over the results. So, uh, with that, uh, what I was like, step one, the problem, uh, what I was like was miserable. Um, my life for the first three decades or so um, large portions of it felt like hell. Uh, I was four years old when I first misused food. I was four years old when I found my first binge buddy. I was four years old when I learned the hard way that my dad had an issue with rage. Uh, at around age eight, approximately, my dad told me that I had to go to church. And between eight and nine, maybe late seven, uh, late in my seventh year into my early ninth year, I developed this really unhealthy fear of a religious God and all the religious, you know, characters that go with that. And um, you know, in the moment when you're when you're in the midst of that fear, it doesn't seem abnormal for a little eight-year-old to be walking four blocks to his school bus stop doing this non-stop prayer ritual. Now, in retrospect, of course, it's crazy, but, you know, what was going through my head was, if you don't do these prayers, and if you don't do these prayers perfectly, you and your family are going to be punished. So, that's how it was. So, I developed a lot of fear, just in general, and um, I think that's probably around the time where I started to have issues with perfectionism as well. Uh... So that's around age 8, 9. At age 13, I got my first job. I delivered newspapers for the San Francisco Examiner seven days a week. I got paid $30 a month. Yeah, if you do the math, it's about a dollar a day if I was lucky. But that was $30 more than I had previously. And I learned that with this extra money, I can buy food with it. And not only could I buy food with it, but I could buy foods that my parents rarely shop for. 
you know, I could go to like these delis in the neighborhood and try new things, and it felt, it was kind of fun, actually. Um, between uh, 14 and about 18 or 19, I probably had two or three other part-time jobs, and I made a lot more than a dollar a day, and again, you, know, you, you figure out, hey, I can buy some, some fun foods with this extra money, and most of my extra money went on junk food, and, and soda. I was a big-time soda drinker. I am 46 years old, and to this day, I've never had any alcohol. Uh, I've never smoked anything either. I've never done any street drugs. I am a hardcore food and soda person with some compulsive shopping sprinkled in, um, if you need that. We all like things sprinkled in, right? So... Um, you know, uh, continuing into my, you know, my late teens, early 20s, I started to suffer the consequences of compulsively overeating junk foods. These are like man-made junk foods. I wasn't binging on kale and broccoli and, and cheddar cauliflower. I was binging on fast food, a lot of taqueria food, uh, a lot of uh, chocolate, a lot of sodas, all that, all that man-made stuff. Um, and I say I began suffering the consequences beyond weight, weight uh, gain. I mean, you know, I started having skin problems. I started to develop suicide. I became suicidally depressed. I became really anxious. Uh, my cholesterol numbers were high, the, the wrong ones. Um, just everything was off. I started developing some sleep issues, you know, insomnia. Um, or fatigue, you know, I was either, either sleeping 20 hours, or 15 to 20 hours a day, or I was hardly sleeping, it was just one thing or the other. And I rarely ever slept through the night. In fact, whenever I'd hear other people say, oh, I slept through the night, I, I had no idea what that meant until about four years ago when I finally started sleeping through the night. So, um, and you know, just got caught up, you know, heavily medicated, a lot of doctor's appointments, all kinds of therapy, and, and, you know, unfortunately, none of it worked, right? My health just continued to go downhill. And um, so that's what I was like. Step one, the problem. That is my lower power. That's me living in the problem. Not on purpose either. Um, what happened, what, uh, what happened, step two, the solution. Um, in early 2001, I kind of accidentally found Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, this woman that I had a crush on invited me to an OA meeting. Uh, and I said yes to her, to her invite, not because I was compulsively overeating, not because I was stealing food from family members and employers, not because I was running up credit cards on junk food, and not because I was eating out of my garbage can every night. I said yes to this, this beautiful woman's invite to this OA meeting because I was so lonely, I just wanted to hang out with her. So we planned on attending this old Friday night meeting at St. Luke's Hospital in San Francisco's Mission District. Um, St. Luke's Hospital is still there. I think it goes by a different name kind of now, but that meeting is long gone. But we planned for this meeting. Um, before we can get to that meeting, we had this falling out and mutually decided probably not a good idea to attend the meeting together. So we decided to just kind of separate with, with that plan. So that Friday night rolls around, and as usual, I have nothing better to do, and something in me said, just check it out, it can't hurt. So I checked it out, and it hasn't hurt. I went to that first OA meeting on Friday, March 2nd, 2001. 
at age 28, and I have not stopped coming back. Um, that day is probably the most important day of my life. Either that or giving up refined sugar on March 26, 2001. It's probably, you know, the, the former, because that helped me to get off refined sugar. But, uh, you know, that was when things in my, la in my life began to slowly shift. You know, it was in OA where I learned to trust another person, another man. You know, these issues with my father, issues with bully, male bullies growing up. You know, I, I just had a lot of trust issues, especially around men. So, um, I, you know, a couple of weeks in, I got this male sponsor, and he kind of guided me along. I followed his direction. You know, he had what I wanted. He was very handsome. He had a career. He had a wife. And at the time, I thought he was keeping, on 100, keeping off 100 pounds. I've since learned that that was a... I misheard that, I guess, but, which is kind of disappointing, but he had these things I wanted, and I thought, you know what, this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about, just listen. So, you know, through him, I learned how to be trust, uh, you know, I learned how to trust other people. Um, I soon would take on service commitments, and I learned how to be responsible. Um, I, I did step work and gave it away, and, you know, I learned how to be courageous. And um, all these things I learned as a newcomer in OA, uh, mostly through the tools of recovery and probably the first four or five steps at that point. So that's what happened. Um, what I am like now, step three, living the solution, is I am... Uh, my, my life is absolutely wonderful. You know, I, it's really an honor speaking at this meeting. For a long time, this was my home meeting. And because of some scheduling things, I, I, you know, I rarely come to this meeting. And if I remember correctly, the, the speaker speaks on a piece of literature. So I just want to read from pages 83 and 84 of the AA Big Book with my last five minutes. Uh, this may sound familiar, by the way. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of usefulness and self uselessness and self-pity, oops, will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled uh, among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. So I, I like to say that my life is so good that I have experienced promises that aren't, that aren't even in the promises. You know, I have this life today where I'm maintaining a triple-digit weight loss for a long time. I've been at goal weight for a long time. I've abstained from my self-identified alcoholic ingredients, depending on which one we're looking at, for a long time. Um, 
in uh, late May, I guess officially on June 6th, I completed my master's degree. That was a six-year journey that often felt like it was never going to end, but it did. Uh, I started my brand new big boy job on <coughs> July 5th, about a month afterwards, which I am currently doing. I'm a counselor in Oakland. I work with disabled students who are between 16 and 21. And what I do is I provide to them career type and post-secondary education type counseling. And uh, it's not that hard. You know, everything that I need to know in life comes from this fellowship. And I have so much clarity up here in my head because my food is super clean. Um, you know, I, I was at a meeting earlier tonight, in fact, because uh, I had something on my mind, and I think I'll wrap up my share with this thing that's on my mind. For the last couple of months, I have been trying really hard to escape from San Francisco, and I was offered a place in the East Bay about three hours ago, and on Saturday morning, I will accept the, 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 the apartment. It's a one-bedroom apartment with a parking space, and uh, I can easily afford it. And it's only going to be 45 minutes away from here. I mean, my parents are in the city, my sister is in the city, I have friends in and out of the fellowship or in the city or near the city. And, you know, I'll be back to visit. You know, I'm not moving to Mars or anything. But, yeah, uh, there's a big part of me that's really excited. I cannot wait. Uh, this is, here's the thing, my current apartment is kind of the last remaining piece of my past. And what I mean by that is I live in subsidized housing. Once upon a time, this was subsidized housing that I qualified for because legally I was disabled thanks to the consequences of compulsive overeating. Well, I'm free of the habits of compulsive overeating, and I'm free of the consequences of compulsive overeating. And um, I need to move on, you know? It's, it's kind of like a seventh tradition kind of thing, you know, being fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. That's how I'm looking at this. It's a seventh tradition thing. It's a grown-up thing. And it's, it just feels like a God thing. You know, it's like the next thing. It's like leaving the nest or whatever. And, um, you know, tomorrow my girlfriend and I will celebrate five months. Not of abstinence, but of, you know, being together. And, you know, she's someone who lives in the East Bay. My full-time job is in the East Bay. And it just feels like it's the right thing to do. And, uh, yeah, I trust that I'll be just fine. You know, I'm not going to go off my food plan. I'm also not going to take this for granted. Apparently, the East Bay has a strong fellowship. I will soon learn if that's true or not. And, yeah, I just love OA, and especially OA San Francisco. I owe my life to everyone here in this fellowship. Anyway, I hope that was helpful, and thanks for listening. <laughs>